Well, good morning. My name is Travis. I'm the lead pastor here at Summit, and today we're gonna we're gonna take a take an opportunity. Last week, um, unfortunately, our service was record recorded about a week in advance. But I still feel that the message and the conversation that we had with Dwayne down in North Carolina applied so well with some things that are going on in our country. But we wanted to stop um, this week and take a break before we launched our next message series through the book of Haggai, if you want to read ahead a little bit. And we wanted to just address what's going on in our country. And to do that, uh, I'll be honest with you, I felt a little bit uh, unequipped uh, to do that effectively. And so I called a friend of mine, Dallas Lauderdale, and he's in Ohio. Uh, he played for the Red Claws a couple of years ago, and injuries took him uh, back to Ohio and playing in Canada and different different things like that. So we haven't seen him in a couple of years, but he used to be a regular attender uh, here and uh, wanted to bring him in to have a conversation around James chapter 2 uh, with me and, and some of the things that are going on in our country. And, uh, and so I, I pray that this message um, hits you as hard as it hit me. Uh, this week and preparing for it and, and talking with Dallas and with seeing everything going on and, and just just I'm praying for healing. I'm praying for forgiveness. I'm praying for grace and peace to flow. And I believe that we in the church are ministers of those things. We're ambassadors for Christ. Us, God making his appeal to the world through us. We are God's plan to change the world as his church. And so my prayer is that this message would stir something within you, stir something within you. Maybe something that has been there before, maybe something that's going to be there for the very first time after hearing this message today from the book of James chapter two. But I pray at the beginning of my conversation with Dallas. And so we'll just jump over to that. And I pray that this, uh, that the Lord speaks something through this message today right to your heart. Well, good morning, Dallas, coming to us from Ohio. Dallas, I introduced you at the beginning of just a couple minutes ago, but I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk to our summit people and just and just tell us tell us a little about a little bit about who you are and what you do and where you're coming from this morning. Well, well, first, let me uh, thank you for the opportunity. It is. Um, it's great to be able to see you. It's been a, a couple months since I was last there. Actually, it's been a year now. It's yeah. been about a year um, since I was last up in the main area. Uh, like you said, my name is Dallas Slaughterdale, coming from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, you know, the, the, the main area, Portland main area, has a special place in my heart. I played uh, there for two years um, with the main Red Claws and um, visited your church many times. And um, know a lot of the people. I know uh, my guy Stefan and Russ and 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 Jen and, and the Willett family. They they were so gracious to me during my time in Maine. So um, it, it 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 the place has a special um, spot in my heart. And you know one of the one of my favorite places to eat was Joe's Cafe. And so I'm missing those I'm missing those sandwiches big time. Those sandwiches were 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 excellent. Um, so right now I'm, I'm, I'm currently in, in Cleveland, um, waiting like everybody else doing the quarantine thing and, and, and staying safe and, um, 
doing what I'm allowed to be doing at the time. So this this has become my new norm, you know, Zoom calls and FaceTime videos and uh, virtual services. That's just what uh, has become the, the new normal. So flexible and embracing it. Nice. Now, so two things I want to ask you about real quick before we dive into our, our message today. Number one, and I'm glad, um, you know, we never, we never got the opportunity to play each other in basketball. Right. And I'm, I'm okay if that never happens. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but number two, I was curious um, because you were working on a degree in biblical studies. Um, right. While you're while you're playing, how's how's the degree going? And 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 give me an update on that. Just it's going well. It's going well. I actually did graduate from Moody Bible um, with a degree in Christian leadership, and and now I'm currently working on a degree in uh, divinity um, from Living Faith Bible Institute, and that's going well. I mean, it, the 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 things that I'm learning um, in those classes and the, the way that we are digging into the Bible is absolutely incredible. And the Bible just literally comes alive to you, you know, when you <clears throat> study it, you know, the way that God tells us to study it. And, um, it, 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 it literally has an answer for every single thing that, that we're going through that we will go through. And I know we'll, we'll get into that a little bit today, but you know, the Bible is our, it's our roadmap. It's our roadmap into this life. So, um, it's going well and it's, it's, you know, for, for, for me to have so much downtime right now, it couldn't have happened at a perfect time because now I have, you know, nothing but time to be devoted strictly to my studies. You know, during season, you got to practice, you got to train games, film, travel, and you got to balance all that. But right now I'm, I'm, I'm strictly devoted um, to, to class. And so I'm grateful for, for that. Awesome. Well, it sounds like now might be my best opportunity to play you. And so you should come right. up, get a St. Joe's sandwich, and uh, we can eat, eat a meal together. And um, I'll play you to three. And uh, right. okay. start, I'll start with two points in the ball, and uh, we'll just see what happens. Um, well, I, again, thank you for joining me on such late notice. But my heart um, – before we pray and dive in, I just wanted to set this up for our, for our folks um, because we didn't, we didn't announce you. We didn't announce that, that this was happening today. Um, but uh, my heart has been saddened over the events of the last, I don't know what it is now, week and a half, two weeks. And uh, seeing, seeing people's response and, but, but, but just seeing the violence, you know, and um and, and I think my heart hurts, and I think you did a great job um, uh, talk, talking about it on your Facebook page and all of that. You're doing a great job leading um, uh, through that platform. But, but I think for me, like, I just, I, I wrestled with, like, what, what role does the church play? Because it right. seems, in, in all of this, because it seems so it seems so black and white, right? That the church loves and that the church exemplifies God's love and that, that the church is God's plan to change the world and, and that the great commission is going to all nations, right? Which is all races, all people, right? And so for me, uh, I, I, I've wrestled with how, uh, loud our voice has been or hasn't been because 
um, I just felt like it needed to be known. And so I want to I pray, and then I kind of want to ask you that first. So I'll, I'll give you that buffer because I don't think that question was in the list of questions that, that I sent you. But, you know, I, I guess I want to see how you're doing. I want to talk about this from the Bible, but I also want to hear what you think the church's response right now should be. And so I, I know that'll be an easy question for you because I think you've, I think you've got it, but um, man, so, so blessed by this. Let me pray for us before we dive in and just ask God's guidance in our conversation. God, thank you so much for Dallas and thank you for his willingness to uh, walk through this with me from your word. And God, we know uh, one of the, one of the amazing things that Dallas just mentioned that, that your word is so applicable to our lives on everything. And so God, we can look into your word today and we can see peace and we can see love and we can see um, uh, that you have a heart for all people. And so I pray that, that, that this conversation glorifies you and that God, people are drawn to you and the love that you have for them, the love that you have for us uh, as a result of sharing your word today in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So Dallas, I guess my first question and where I want us to start is uh, just how have you been and what's kind of been your headspace and heart uh, in the last week and a half since the death of George Floyd and just all that's all that's happened, um, in the, you know, in the last days? Right. You know, honestly, my emotions have been all over the place. You know, you, you, you go from from immediate immense sadness to um frustration um to to anger to disappointment to confusion to uh literally all over the place and um you, you talk about how, how our response should be as as a church how how should we respond as a child of God, when our emotions are all over the place. And I think the first thing that I had to come to grips with was that, okay, number one, I am a human and, and it's okay to feel those emotions. It's okay to process and, and, and evaluate what's going on in the world and what's going on inside of you um, as, 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 a, as an individual. Um, and then from there, and then from there, you gotta go to what the word of God says. You got to go to what the word because that has to be the final authority for our life. It has to because we can't trust our emotions. We can't trust our feelings. We can't because our our, our feelings, our emotions, our heart will have us going uh, places that we shouldn't be going and have us doing things that we shouldn't be doing. So process everything you're going through within the time that you need, and then immediately you got to go to the word because in Psalms one nineteen one hundred five it says. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a lamp unto our feet, and, and it, is, it is a light unto our path. And I think that we can all agree that we're going through some dark times. We are, we are living in some dark times in this world. And so why wouldn't we go to the, the, the thing in the Bible that says is our lamp and, and, and it is our light? That is what's going to light our direction. That's one of, that, that is the one that's going, the thing that's going to, to guide us through and help us navigate through our emotions, our feelings, and help us navigate through this life. So I think that that was the thing that I had to 
that I had to really um, come to grips with is just, okay, it, understanding that it's okay to feel how I feel. Understanding that, that, that I, I hope, you know, watching the video of, of George Floyd and, and other injustices and Ahmaud Aubrey and things that have happened, I hope that that evokes emotion in all people. It should. It should bring up emotions in all people, but when those emotions come up, um, evaluate them. But but you got to go to the word as as your as your um, compass through this life. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. And you know, I think I think as 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 people, right? Because I think you and I even probably process differently. I don't know you extremely well. Um, but just just listening to a couple messages that you've preached and and uh, having lunch with you once or twice and, and, and interacting with you, um, you know, I think the thing that we have to be careful of as people, I love the way you said that we're all humans and we need to be able to feel what we feel. Right. And, and, I, and I think one of the things that I've been stirred in in the past week is that. I also need to give other people space to feel the way that they need to feel in the way that they need to feel it. Right. right. I mean, some people, right. Are, are the social media folks and they need to, they need to do that and they need to feel that. And some people need to go stand at a peaceful protest and some people need to, you know what I mean? Like, like, and, and I think giving each other the space and the freedom to feel the things that they need to feel as big, because I, I think the biggest thing that, that I feel right now, and I, I'll just, I'll just be honest with you. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I feel it. And you've just given me permission to feel my feelings. So I'm going to go here, but man, I, I, I grieve this mm -hmm. that we're still here. Right. Like, I mean, it hurts me. And and everybody grieves differently, and 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 I, I I grieve very inwardly, um, and and so as I've reflected over the last week about my platform here, and and uh, and all of that, like giving each other the space to heal, to forgive, uh, and 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 to feel the anger and the frustration. Um, the lack of understanding and the unrest, uh, I think is, I think is a big deal. Anything, right. anything else you want to say to that before we move on? Yeah, I, I, I do just want to, I, I do want to sort of piggyback on the statement why I said you can't always trust your emotions and your heart and your feelings because we see what those emotions can also bring out of us. And so I, I, I want to make sure that I'm 100% clear in that. I do not agree with the looting, with the burning down of the country, the burning down of, of, our, of, of our cities. Um, I don't agree with that. I, I do not uh, agree with that at all. And, and you know, I, I think that in some cases, those are people who are simply taking advantage of the moment. They're, they're not protesting. They're not worried about the, the injustices. They're just trying to get some free stuff. And I, I, I don't agree with that um, at all. And so that's why, again, the, the the final authority cannot be our emotions because our emotions will have us doing things that we shouldn't be doing and going places that we shouldn't be going. So, um, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you, though. Yeah, the space to feel what we need, but also then take it to the Bible, which is what I did this past week. And 
I sent you where we were going to go. So let's let's dive right in. James chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. I'll read it. We're just going to kind of break it down a little bit. How's that sound? That sounds great. All right. So James, the half-brother of Jesus. I always like to say that when I'm when I'm introducing the book of James, because James was a was a bold dude. I mean, right. I, I love, I love the book of James. And anyway, James chapter two, starting verse one, my brothers show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in. And if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you? And the ones who drag you into the court, are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing well. But if you show partiality, you're committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. There's a couple things that that point that jump right off the page to me. And the first one is right there in verse one, my brothers show no partiality. And that word no means no, right? So so no partiality on height. I mean, I'm like six seven, six eight. I think you're like seven foot two. No, no, I think I'm six nine. See, I only had you by a little bit. <laughs> okay. Only by a little bit. But no partiality in it. But obviously in, in, in our conversation today, right? No partiality with color. Right? I mean I mean or 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 race or 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 upbringing or background, right? And, and the other thing that jumps out off the page here at me is when he says, um, uh, listen, my beloved brother says, not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs to the kingdom. I forget the scripture reference now, but it jumped off the page at me that God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Right. Um, I, I see a correlation there, right? That, that God that God chooses, right, those who, in our weakness, we're made strong. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we talked about anxiety and depression, that it's in our weakness that we're made strong. And, you know, we don't like to, to celebrate or think about our weaknesses very often, but I see that here in James, that, that it's not the things we boast about. It's not the things that we're, we're, we're great at, because in those things, we don't recognize our need for God. But it's in our weakness, and it's and it's in the thing that it's in the thing that separates us that we may be proud of, we may not be proud of, right? But it's in those things that we see our need for God, right? And 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 in this, in this, in this uh, anti-racism issue over the last week and a half, I have seen a desperate need for God in our country around this and what the Bible has to say about this because this word favoritism that James brings up means respecter of persons right or to show partiality James is talking about the fault of giving judgment to the outward circumstances of a man or a woman and thinking them more worthy than others 
What do, you, what do you think about this passage? I mean, first of all, I think I think that it hits on what we were talking about earlier that the Bible literally has an answer for everything that we're going through and that we will go through in this life. And I think that if if we would we will be doing a disservice to ourselves if we didn't get into it. Like like who would have known that hundreds of years ago that James would be talking about the the respecting of of people and not and not respecting people based on class based on race based on status but people are people you know you know and and i think that it is it is extremely applicable and it's even related to when when peter got the the vision in acts 10 you remember when peter got the vision in acts 10 and um god said to him peter rise kill and eat and peter said no lord I, I've, I've never eaten an unclean thing he was talking about food but jesus was was talking about way more than just food he was talking about people he was talking about people and then peter says in acts 10 34 and 35 he says then peter opened his mouth and said of a truth i perceive that god is no respecter of persons god is not a respecter of persons but but in every nation verse 35 he says but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him in every nation yeah. he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with God. And so if if that is if is if that is God's mentality, then that should 100 percent be ours too. 100 percent 100 percent You know, and and I think it's important to point out, right? It's important to call this out that it is a fault, or or let's go, let's go here. It is a sin to treat someone as less than because they're poor, because they're a certain color, because they have no political power, because they have a disability, or in our estimation, they're just a nobody, right? right? That's sin, that's favoritism, and that's sin, because James here is saying, show no partiality. James identifies it specifically in verse four as evil thoughts, right? Evil, right? And in this passage, he highlights Love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's two things because there's much going on. And you, you alluded to it um, when, when you talked about, you know, the looting and the different things like that. There's much going on in the United States about race and protests and violence. But, but I've, in my learning and my digging this week, I've seen that racism is a sin that roots itself in many hearts and comes from this deeper root thing of favoritism, right? That we favor things. And James tells us that favoritism has no place in the house of God. It has no place in the church and no place in the heart of the believer. And James also would tell us that I believe racism has no place in the church and therefore no place in the heart of believer, <clears throat> excuse me, and, uh, and, and that it needs to be right stopped. And so, Two, two points, two kind of talking points that I have for us this morning. First, racism is the judgment of one person, <coughs> excuse me, that he, is, that he or she is better than another based on race. And Acts 17, jumping back to Acts 17, verses 24 through 27, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself 
gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. And, you know, as I read this, I think from one man, he made every nation of men. From one man, he made every nation of men. God designed it. God designed you the, 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 the way that you are. He designed me the way that I am. And, and it, it's important for us to recognize that, that neither is better in God's eyes because of the color of our skin. Right. And I, and I love that you, you brought up the example of, of in the church, because it's one thing for, for, for unbelievers to, to act this way. I mean, you can't, you can't really expect you know, much from a spiritually dead person. I mean, you can't expect them to to be able to grasp this in the way that a, that a person in the church should be able to understand that um, there is no partiality. There is no respect to a person that's coming from, from God, who, like you just said, created Adam. And from Adam come all races and all nations. But even if you go a little bit earlier, before you went to Acts 17, even if you go to Acts 13, verses 1 through 3, and you get a, a, a little picture of the first church, you get a you get a picture of, of what the, the early church looked like. And it says, now there were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers. And then it says, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost says, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they have fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. And so we're seeing in that first verse, you, you got Barnabas, you got Simeon that was called Niger. And that word Niger in Latin means black. So you got an African-American, you got Barnabas, you got Lucius, who is of Cyrene, another nation, another another culture. Menaean, which w- was brought up under Herod, the, the Tetrarch. And you have Saul, who came from the Jewish background. So, so you have so many different yeah. races and nations and cultures, even in that example of the early church and so what has changed Mm. you know what has changed i mean if we're if we're honest if we're being honest sunday morning before covid19 hit and and we were able to gather sunday morning is one of the most segregated days of the week it's one of the most segregated days of the week because african-americans black people go to their churches with their people white people go to their churches with their people but that's not how it was. So what happened? What what has happened? What, where had where from Acts thirteen one through three to twenty twenty? What what has happened? What 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 has changed? So, um, I don't know, man. If 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 we have an issue down here worshiping together, you know, different cultures, different races, different people, different status, what are we going to do in heaven? Because Ooh. even in Revelation seven nine. It says when, when John is, is, is catapulted into the future and he's able to see um, he's able to see heaven, he says, after this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number. Here it is of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. So again, understanding how did we get to where we are and if we really have an issue 
down here worshiping together with other races in the church. Mm-hmm. If we have an issue with it, what are we going to do when we get to heaven? Because it's not going to be a white section in heaven. It's not going to be a black section in heaven. We're going to be together. So I don't want to take over your sermon time. So I'm just going to, I'm chiming in here and there. You, you go ahead. Come on, man. That'll preach. Oh man, when you when you called that out and you said if we have an issue down here, I knew I knew where you were about to go. And whew, because in heaven down, it's not gonna matter. Right. Like right. I don't know if we'll see, I don't know if we'll I don't know if we'll be black and white, Asian in heaven. Like I don't I I I don't know that the Bible's clear about that, but I don't know that it's I don't it's just not gonna matter, you right. know. It's it, right. all that's going to matter in heaven is the glory of God. Correct. And so you bring up a major point there, right? That when it comes to favoritism, when it comes to all of this, I mean, we can't take any of our stuff here on earth with us. Right. We need an eternal perspective. And, and so if we're having trouble, right, with this and look, man, there. Um, if we're if we're having trouble with this right here, then exactly I love what you said. What are we gonna do in heaven? And the reality is, right, that this is a heart thing, that this is a hard thing. Right. Um, the right. second the second point I want to bring up, and man, don't don't stop preaching from my account. You just you keep preaching. Um it, the second point I wanted to bring up, it the reason we need to talk about it as a church is that racism is hatred. It's hatred, and it's hatred based on race, and that's the that's the second reason that's wrong. You know, what does the Bible say about hatred, and we can see why racism is wrong and why it's sin, and it's extremely important that we understand this. You know, Leviticus nineteen seven: Do not hate your brother in your heart. Uh, Deuteronomy nineteen eleven through thirteen: But if a man hates his neighbor and lies and wait for him assaults and kills him and then flees to one of these cities, the elders of this town shall send for him, bring him back to the city and hand him over to the avenger um, of blood to die, right? The Bible took this very seriously. And that's just a couple. I mean, we could keep going. Matthew 22, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second one is like it. Love your neighbors yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. And we could keep going, but 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 I'll stop right there and and I just I just want I just want you to know this isn't for show. I, I've been thinking about this all morning as I was hiking with Kristen a little bit ago and 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 talking with her and 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 just just thinking about all of this. I, I want to say publicly and this again this isn't for show. But as a Christian brother, I love you and I want yeah. you to know that and I don't want you to doubt that. Um, and 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 for for anybody watching this. I love like like I believe that we are to put on love and to be to be people of peace and to be people of love on behalf of God on this earth. We are his ambassadors. Right. And 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 I'm passionate about this because okay, I'm going to take you back uh to like 1999-2000. There's a group they kind of hit it big. You ever heard of the Black Eyed Peas? Yeah, I did. Okay. So they had that song, where's the love. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a call on this, you know, on this issue that, um, 
And, and I love the first line, you know, what's wrong with the world, mama, people living like they ain't got no mamas. And I thought, oh, that's good. Anyway, but, but, I, but I think to me, right, as I, as I look, this is a question, right, that, is, that, that, that the world has been asking. Where's the love? Where can I find truth? Where can I find love? Where can I find the real thing? I don't want fake stuff. And we've got enough. We've got enough. Uh, mm, mm. Can I go there? Let's go there. We've got enough pastors that are ruining it for the rest of us, right? And setting and, and you know, causing confusion and rippling this thing down. But, but the world ought to be able to know that love and truth, true faith, is coming from the church of Jesus Christ. And we've got to be a people that sets that bar and holds to the fact that hatred has no place in his house. Right. I just dropped my phone. Yeah, that's that's drop the mic. That's a drop the mic moment. That's all you did. That's a drop the mic moment because you're you're 100% right. As a matter of fact, in 1 John, uh, in 1 John 3, 9, it, it, John even says, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. And here it is in verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest, for they're made clear, and the children of the devil are made clear as well. And he said, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, but he doesn't stop there. He says, neither he that loveth not his brother. How can we say, how can we say that, that we, we are of God? And we don't love our brother. How can we say that that we are a child of God and we don't love our brother? Like you just said, in, in heaven, man, our race isn't going to matter. Our, who, who we are, our status, what we had on this earth is not going to matter. The only thing that's going to matter in heaven is whether or not we were in Christ and Christ was in us. That's it. That's, right. that's it. And, and Paul tells us in Galatians 3, 26, 26 to 28, he says, for ye are all children of god by faith in christ jesus you're all children of god by faith in christ jesus he's not saying this group of people is are children of god by faith he's saying you're all and then he goes on in 27 he says for as many as have been baptized into christ have put on christ and then he he breaks it down in case you didn't understand that he breaks it down in 28 paul says there is neither jew nor greek there's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ. We're all one in Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. And 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 can let's go ahead and say there's neither black nor white in Christ. Right. In Christ, there's neither black nor white. So, man, you you are you're hitting it right you're hitting it right on 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 the key because we should be the example to the world we should be to we should be the example and what and, and we got to take a step and take a step back and ask ourselves what kind of example are we like i said a couple minutes ago sunday morning the day when the church gets together is the most segregated day of the week during the work, we work together in the workplace. We play sports together. Our kids go to daycare together Monday through Saturday. We're at Walmart together. We're at Shaw's together. I miss Shaw's. I love Shaw's. They have some good salad bars. But we're, we, we go there together. We're all intermingling together. But on Sunday morning, the day when the church meets, 
it is the most segregated day of the week. What kind of message is that portraying to the world? What kind of example are we being to the world? So, and, and I got to tell you, man, I, I, um, we used to do when I, when I was in the South, we would do some choir sings and, uh, and, you know, we, we, we'd have, and, and I hate it. I hate it too, but it's, it, we'd have the, you know, the black church and the, and the white church come together one Sunday night a month. And we do this, this choir sing. I got to tell you, man, um, I love, I love, I love the picture of that because it was like a glimpse of heaven. And number two, I, I loved when the choir would get up from the black church and just sing and shout and the tambourines would start flowing. Right. And I would probably, I probably feel more comfortable uh, with you um, and, 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 and in that, in that body than I do in my own sometimes. Right. Um, right. And it's, and it's sad. I'm, I'm with you, man. My heart breaks. I mean, your dad's a pastor uh, you're going to be a pastor one day. Uh, I, I believe uh, that. More maybe, than <laughs> maybe. And, uh, and, and it's not, it's not anything that like, like, I don't, I haven't declared like, Hey, you know, we're a white church. Like, right. like we don't want that, you know? Yeah. Um, in the same way that I'm sure like, you know, that, that choir back then, like, you know, that, that's not, that's not the point but somehow it's become that. And you have to ask yourself like, why is that? And what's gonna be the solution? Right. And so I've got, I've got three things that I'm calling our people to. I mentioned them Wednesday night in our prayer meeting. And I told them that they were gonna come out again this Sunday. And so I, I just wanna speak those and we can talk through them real quickly. And then I wanna give you the floor to close this thing down and just, just challenge us. Um, maybe around that and maybe maybe reiterating some of the points you've already made but the first the first point of application for us that i believe we can do right now that we can do today is we can believe and speak correct beliefs you and i have talked about it right that the bible is not unclear about favoritism and hatred and racism and we right. believe and speak what the Bible shares with us about those who are different around us. And this starts first within us that we have correct beliefs and attitudes towards the scriptures and towards the God of the scriptures, because it's got to start right here. Right. Right. And just understanding that it's okay to be different. Like God created us different. I love the example that you, that you talked about with, with the choirs and, and, and the mingling of the church and being intentional about doing that, man, it's okay. You know, when I was, when I was in Maine and, and we had Sundays off and I had the opportunity to come worship with you guys at Summit, like that is not what I'm used to, but it's okay. It's okay. We are still worshiping the same God. We are still all children in the same family. And so, man, I wasn't awkward. I, I appreciate the love that was shown. Like I said, the, the Willett family and, and you and, and, and other men and women there were, were so gracious to me and showing me love and, and sort of taking me in, which is what the family of God should be. I was there to play basketball, but I was able to connect to a local church and, and, and I felt like family, literally. I literally felt like family. I promise you the Jen, Jen was, was providing so much food. I, I, I 
was probably overeating, you know, while while I was there. She was she was taking care of of me and my teammates so much. It was it was it was awesome. But that's the picture. And that's what we should look like, and that's what we should we should be intentional about doing. Amen. Amen. The second thing. So believe and speak correct beliefs, but secondly, is pray. Right. And there there's there's much to pray about this issue, but but I don't even want to speak to the person right now that may not know how to pray around this because maybe they weren't raised um, in, in the same way. Right. And I mean, I grew up in basketball locker rooms. I grew, you know, I mean, like um, that, you know, this is no stranger to me. Right. But, but for the person out there that's struggling with everything that's happening in the world, right. Everything that's going on and you don't know, you don't know how to pray, right? You don't know what to think. You don't know what to believe. I'm so thankful that the Bible says that even when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes right. for us with groanings too deep for words. And here's the point that sometimes prayer isn't about you saying things to God, but it's about listening and that communion with God for him to work on your heart. And so sometimes we just look at prayer as this one-way communication. It's two-way. And so that's why I think it's so important to call ourselves right now to prayer that some of us need to just step back, sit down, and, and, and spend some time with God and, and, and allow him to do some heart work because he's the only one that can change any of this, right? right. The only one that can change any of us. You and I, we're, we're hopefully his mouthpieces this morning, speaking his words for his glory. And, and I pray that, but really if God doesn't stir in the hearts of his people or the people that are going to watch this, right. what's it for? You're right. You're absolutely right. And I, you, you said the key thing, you know, you know, we always pray. We always pray, God, please change the situation. Please change what I'm going through. Please change my circumstances. I'm not comfortable with, with where I'm at. Man, but sometimes God won't change the circumstance, That's right. but he'll change us. That's right. He'll change us. And so when he changes us, then we can respond differently to the circumstances that we're in. We can respond differently to the situation that we're in because we're changed. And so we, we, like you said, we pray and sometimes we're praying for the wrong thing. We don't even know what to pray for. And so sometimes we do just need to, to, to sit there and be silent and just allow God to do spiritual surgery on our hearts. Amen. Allow him to do that. So love it. Amen. And then the last thing is just simply to love well. Love the people in the row of your church. Love the people you worship with each Sunday. Love the people in your neighborhood. Love the people at your work. Love the people at the daycare. Love the people at your school. Love the people that you encounter each and every day. And I think one thing that COVID has hopefully taught us is the value of one another. Right. The value of one another. The value of loving one another. and Being with one another. And one of the things I've just been kind of calling on our church to do at different times over the last couple of months is just check in on each other, call somebody, you know, let them know you appreciate them. Let them know you think of, don't send them a text. Don't send them an email, call somebody, pick up, pick up the phone and call somebody. And, you know, I, I, I think, um, 
you know, I, I think that goes a long way with just loving people well right now in this right. season of, hey, right. you may not even believe the way that I do on this. Like you may, yeah, you know, you may be struggling with this right now, but let's pray together and let's love each other through this because God's bigger. God's bigger than our emotions. Like you said at the beginning of this thing, God's bigger than our feelings. God's bigger than, than, than you and I here in this conversation. So let's, let's love each other well. Right. And, and the key thing we have to remember, especially as it pertains to this, to this thing called love, is that when God tells us to love people, he does not say that people are going to love you back. Ooh. Doesn't always say that people are going to love you back, but that also should not be our motivation to love. We're not loving to, to, to be loved back. We're loving because God told us to. We're loving because Jesus commanded us to love one another. It is a command. We, we don't control the response. We don't control if we're, if we're loved back. We don't control if, if, if we receive the same love that we're showing. All we can, can do is control what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I, 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 like you said, I love you, bro. I love you, bro. And, and that's my heart. Now, if you don't feel the same about me, that's not my problem. That's not my problem. That, that is something that you have to work out within yourself. Obviously, I'm not speaking to you. I'm just speaking indirectly. But that's something that that person has to work out within themselves. We can't control that. We have to do what we're supposed to do. We have to be obedient to Christ. And God will handle the results. God will handle the results. But I think what has happened in this world, in this nation, is that, okay, people have extended olive branches and tried to, to love, and they didn't receive that love back. And so the love was cut off. You know, the, the love was just was, was just cut off. You're not loving me back, so I'm not going to love you. So, um, man, I, I, I do pray that those three things that, that are going on and that you're, you're, you're pushing your church and challenging your church to do, they're, they're awesome. They're awesome. Thank you. Well, Dallas, again, I want to, uh, you know, I just want to give you the floor and, and uh, kind of let you wrap this up, put a bow on it, and close us in prayer. But take, take two, three minutes, and uh, if, if you could say something, if you could say something, and who knows, work out. We've had people tuning in from uh, Grand Bahama Island, from North Carolina, from Florida, from um, Texas, from all over the place, California, um, and kind of everywhere in between. And so, you know, the, I give you the floor, I give you the platform, just challenge us. What would you say to the church right now um, that may, maybe that you have said, reiterated, or maybe that you haven't said, and just, just challenge us and, and kind of give us your last word on this. And then if you'd, uh, if you'd close us in prayer, I'd be honored. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm going to think, and I'll go quick. Um, you know, a lot of people have came up to me and texted me and called me and just they've had so much passion and excitement and zeal about what they can do. Um, what can I do? What can I do? My, my, my eyes have, have been open to the injustice, the things that are going on. What can I do? And, I, you know, I honestly don't have a I don't have a, a script on, on what you can do in your situation, but I think that there are always times, even when, when you're in a situation and, and you feel like, you know, I, I honestly don't know what to say. I don't have any words. I don't know what to say. I think the best thing that, that, that one can do at that time is to simply listen. 
just listen you don't you don't you don't have to always say something maybe listening could be the most powerful thing that can be done at that moment yeah. or or maybe if it's I, I don't know what to read i don't know where to i don't know what to well, just do some research you know it, it it is a blessing to be able to to educate yourself on these issues it's a blessing to be able to educate yourself and not have to experience them mm. you know because there as as there are some people african americans are experiencing these issues white people just have to educate and that's a blessing so do that you know educate yourself on what's going on what has gone on what is going on um and and, and be be very intentional about doing that because what i don't want to happen i and like i said i appreciate the excitement and the passion and the motivation to act and to do things but what i don't want to happen is for this just to be an emotional trend or this just to be an emotional fad where six seven eight months from now it's gone you know that the fire is is gone things are it's we're back to where we were years ago we're back to where we were in in the 60s and 400 years we're back to that same status quo yeah. so I, I just want the the same fire to stay lit five mm -hmm. six seven a year from now i want it to stay lit so we can so we can real really see real change as a people and i you know i i, I share something on facebook last last sunday morning and it was just from my heart you know i typed it out that morning before i was going to, to church to do our virtual service and um it, it was just talking about the reality of us having a race issue in this world, we definitely have a race issue in this world, but where does it come from? Where has it stemmed from? And you alluded to it earlier, it stems from a heart issue. And the race issue is never going to be fixed until our hearts are fixed. In Jeremiah 17, nine, it says the heart is deceitful. It's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So the Bible says the heart is wicked. The heart in and of itself is wicked. And so what has to happen, we have to have a heart transplant. Mm. The heart has to be changed. And then in Ezekiel 36, 26, God is willing to give us a new heart. He's willing to do it. He's willing to change our heart. He says, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Mm. He's willing to give us a new heart if we ask them, if we ask them, that is that that is the issue. And I, and I went into, you know, as as a people, what this nation has done, they have chosen to reject the only person who can fix our problems as a nation. They've chosen to reject Jesus Christ by by the way that 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 we that we live our life, by the way that we communicate our actions to God. We are saying that we don't want him. We don't want the truth. And so what God is. As, as saying, okay, if, if you don't want me, then how can you, how do you expect me to intervene? You've already chosen, you don't want me. How can we expect peace in this world when we have rejected the Prince of Peace? Or how can we expect justice when we've, when we've rejected the righteous judge? How can we expect love when we've rejected the one that loved us so much that he gave his life for us? So this is not what we have to realize is that this is not a spiritual war. I'm sorry, this is not a physical war. It is a spiritual war. It's not a physical war. We 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 try to make this a a physical war and we and we and we protest and we kill and we riot and we burn and we fight and and, and 
man, we've been doing that. We've been doing that for years. We've been doing that for years. And what I, what I try to encourage the people and what I still try to encourage people, let's do something new. Let's do something new. If, if, if you have given your heart to Christ, if you are a child of God, man, act like it. Act like you are a child of God. Be a light. Be a child of God in this world. And and then if you haven't, because I, I don't want to assume that everybody on this on, on this call will be a child of God. Right. If you have not given your heart to God, no matter how broken or how evil it is, man, he's willing to take it. Ask him to change your heart as it pertains to the way you see people. Ask him to change your heart as it pertains to the way you maybe even treat people. And I, and I think that once we do that, then then we'll be able to see some real change. Amen. Amen. Keep preaching, brother. Keep preaching. You keep it. You keep up the good work, man. I'm so I'm so blessed by you. I'm so proud of you. We didn't get to spend enough time together when you were here, and then your injury took you back to Ohio too soon last season. And um, but uh, but you're missed here, and you're always you're always welcome. Let me know when you're back around. We'd love to love to see you. Don't be a stranger. Why don't, you, do. why don't you close us in prayer? Will do. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for this day. God, we, we are grateful for who you are. Uh, God, we even can see what you're doing in this situation. We can see you moving. We can see that, that, that you are exposing all the darkness and the wickedness and the evil in this world. God, it is time. Like you say in your word, God, the harvest truly is plentiful the harvest is plentiful god the the issues with the laborers god so let it not be said of us that we were not laboring at a time when the harvest was extremely full and plentiful and emotions were high and people were searching for answers god when the questions come to us and the questions arise like what's the answer what 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 will solve all this god god help us to point them to you you are the answer. You are the solver of all issues, of all problems. God, this is nothing to you. This is, this is something that you are able to solve. This is something that you are able to change, God. But we got to ask you, as a nation, we have to ask you. And God, we, we, we are just asking that you continue uh, to, to allow us to be lights. God, we want to be lights in this dark world. We want to make a difference God and in, in in the midst of us being lights help us to win souls for your kingdom help us help, help us to win souls help us to 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 preach the gospel of Jesus Christ I, I'm, I'm praying that you you keep all of us safe all of us safe during this time and I thank you for this this conversation that we were able to have this morning I thank you for the heart of Pastor Travis and his congregation and and the people there, God, I'm asking that you continue to be with them, continue to allow them to, to be a beacon of light in that community, in Scarborough and the Portland, Maine community, God. I'm asking that you continue to allow them to impact lives and change lives. I'm grateful for, for the love that they showed to me while I was there, God. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful uh, for, for the people in that congregation, God. So we, we help us to be more like you. Mm. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, bro. Thank you.